The Mental Pulse podcast provides different perspectives on life as an athlete. Guests reflect on their athletic careers and its impact on their lives then and now. Ultimately, our goal is to help athletes realize that they are more than just their sport. Uh, the game make me feel alive. Winning, winning again, that's what's on my mind. Gotta stay focused, always on the mental grind. The mental pulse, the mental pulse. Welcome to the Mental Pulse Podcast. Today we have with us none other than my childhood friend, Mr. Carlton Rice. Welcome, Carlton. Thank you, T. I'm excited about it. Awesome. So happy to have you today. So just wanted you to get us started with kind of telling us who you are and your background and, you know, what's your athletic identity story? All right. So Carlton Rice from Huntsville, Alabama, was born into like a, a sports family in my my mom and my dad, like my uncles, all of my uncles just about played sports. So, you know, just growing up, started Little League, playing all sports, basketball, baseball, football, soccer. Actually, soccer was the very first sport that I started playing because I had an older brother and, you know, he started out playing, I think, football. And I'm like, I want to play, but I was too young. And so I started out playing soccer until I was old enough to play football. Once I was of age, then I started playing football. But initially, right off the bat, football was like my sport because for some reason, I just enjoyed the physicality of a sport. So my brother was older, so all his equipment he would bring home. I wanted to try it on. When he brought it, I took over. I was wearing the helmet. I didn't want to give it up. Football just gravitated to me from an early age. And so once I was able to play football, it was from there on, it was just a love and a passion for me. I was always excited about going to practice and getting the uniforms and standing in line for equipment at Little League. So that's just kind of like how it all started for me with football. Now, I enjoyed all the other sports as well because just by nature, I'm competitive, but the sport that always had like my heart was football. Here's a really good transition for me. You play Little League and it's fun and it's all fun and games. I begged my parents to let me transfer. So I was at a magnet school, Academy for Science of Foreign Language, and I was begging my parents let, let me go to the public school, which Davis Hills, which the schools were connected. And so I begged my parents to let me go. So first through sixth grade, I was at the academy. And then I begged my parents to let me go to Davis Hills, seventh grade year. And them allowing me to go to Davis Hills to that public school transformed my life like tremendously because of course, you know, being at the academy, it was kind of sheltered. Like I was kind of sheltered at the academy, but then I went over next door to the public school, Davis Hills. And it was like some of any and everything. You had to grow up. You had to grow Absolutely. up real quick. And so that's what I did. Like I adjusted to the environment there and playing sports at the middle school was no more fun and games. Like it was really serious. It it was guys that was like much older than I was. And so it's like you almost had to survive. It was no more fun and games. One of my coaches, which is probably one of my biggest mentors and another people that made a major impact on my life was Arthur Battle. We called him Skipper. Actually, he played football at Lee. I can't remember exactly what college he played for, but he was a major impact in my life because when I got to Davis Hills, although he was my cousin and distant relative, like every day he would not let me take no plays off. And, you know, he was really hard on me. He was like, you used to being a big fish in a small pond. Now you just a fish in another pond. 
And so those were some of the things that he would say to let me know, hey, you're not all that. You got to work for it just like everybody else. And so that was a major turning point. My parents allowed me to go to Davis Hills and having to survive coming from playing sports from funny games to now this is real. This is serious. And so that's kind of like my earlier years of sports and how, you know, football kind of shaped my life and how some people that impact my life early on. Okay. So did you play anything after middle school? Going to high school and college, did you do that? Yep. Middle school, still played basketball well. My seventh grade year got cut from the middle <laughs> school basketball team. I thought it was the worst day of my life. So on my way home, I'm like boohoo in the hallway because I got cut from the, the basketball team my seventh grade year. But then like my eighth grade year, I made the team. So I played basketball and football at middle school. I think I still played like recreational baseball as well that year. And then once I got to high school, continued on with football, basketball, baseball, or even ran a little bit of track. In high school, I just kind of was just staying busy with everything. My sophomore year in high school, doing practice, I'm just kidding around and was running to go kind of like touch the rim. And it was a jersey or something up on the rim. And so like I grabbed it and I slipped and I went like flat on my back from the rim on the floor, like flat on my back. And at that point, I was like, I, I can't miss up my ticket to college. So right. my 10th grade year, I'm like, no more nothing but football. Because I was like, I just saw like my whole career flash in front of my face when I was just playing around at a basketball practice. At that point on, so my junior, senior year was just strictly football. I went to all the camps I could go to and just kind of focused in on football because I knew that was, you know, my passion. And I knew that that was going to be my ticket to college athletically. So, you know, had a pretty good junior year, pretty good senior year. And, you know, had some offers come out my senior year took some visits. But of course, you know, young kid, you want to go as big as you can go. You want to play on TV. And so like I had an opportunity to to do that. Mississippi State off. It wasn't because of my athletic ability and my talent that got me to Mississippi State. It was the connections and the relationships that I had built in high school with professionals that was in the school that had connections. And so that's really how I got to Mississippi State. And so a lot of times students think like, if I just work as hard as I can, beat everybody and just stand out, then that's going to be my ticket. But actually, you need a little bit more than that. You need to build relationships with people. So you never know when you'll need somebody's connection to help you make another connection to get you to where you're trying to go to. So I wanted to make that point because I did receive offers, but it wasn't what I felt my worth was. I felt like I could play at the highest level. Like I knew I could play at the highest level, but I wasn't getting the highest level offers. And so it was those connections that I had made that helped plug me into those that highest level. And so that's how I ended up at Mississippi State. And, you know, first year there, redshirted. So I heard about redshirting. It didn't dawn on me until I was actually redshirting, like what it was. And so it was kind of humiliating a little bit because if you went through everything everybody else went through, you were practice hard but then on Friday they were getting ready for the game like packing up getting all the gear and then like even my roommate he didn't register so like he was traveling and so I'm still staying in my dorm room while they're getting ready to travel for games and so it was kind of like humble it was a humbling experience to see my roommate that came in with me to I guess be good enough to not have to redshirt. People like tell you redshirt is a good thing, but at the same time, you don't feel it when you're going through it because it's like, I work just as hard. At least let me travel, you know? And so (laughs) it was kind of humbling to redshirt that first year. But, you know, once that was over with, everything started to make sense to me. And I knew in my mind, like, that I wanted to get something from Mississippi State. I wanted to get something from the deal, regardless I played or not. And that was the case as I moved on, like, my second year, third year, I realized I wasn't getting the plan 
playing time that I felt I should. Of course, I didn't make a big fuss of it because I was grateful for the opportunity. Um, so what I did was I just continued to buckle down in my classes, made sure that I not having to repeat any courses and I graduated early. And so I graduated early and still had another year of eligibility. So I had a decision to make whether I wanted to like just continue to go to school and get my master's at Mississippi State and not play my senior year because they bring a new talent each year, right? Mm-hmm. They bring a new talent. I wasn't playing. Mm-hmm kind of like I didn't want them to tell me you don't have to come back but you can stay in school right yeah I can already feel them kind of going that way kind of having those conversations around like beating around the bush and so I was like I'm just gonna graduate and then I'm gonna go play my last year somewhere else where I can enjoy and people that want me to play for them and I can just kind of end my career on a positive note so once I graduated from Mississippi State I enrolled in and m came back home and played because I didn't have to sit out and they recruited me out of high school and they always told me if you ever want to come home you can and so this was an opportunity for me to make that happen and so you know transfer went through a spring semester there doing a spring ball and I was in grad school so like I was taking like just a couple classes and playing and had a little side job I went from low everything is political where I know I was capable of playing but just never did get an opportunity to now I started every game and just had fun it was non-political at all I just had I just play and enjoy the sport again because right. kind of it kind of put a bad taste in my mouth at Mississippi State because I'm grinding so hard, I'm working so hard, but yet and still I'm not seeing the fruits of my labor. It's kind of put a taste in my mouth. I don't even want to play no more. But you know, once I got in them, all that changed and it was just fun again. So to end my career, AM was really, really great. I was excited to be able to play at home with family, can you know, see me play every game. And so it was really good. I never did second guess like where I would go after that. Like I knew exactly where I was going. I after, you know, I decided to play my last year there. Um, so it was a great experience. Ended up getting my master's degree while I was at a It was a great experience. I'm so grateful. I don't regret any moves that I made because everything that I went through helped get me to where I am today. Right, right. right. Yep. And that's good. And you touched on a couple of things that I'm going to just dive into. So you touched on, you had a mentor, you had a support system. And I just want you kind of just to talk about that and, and talk about how did they support you? I think you mentioned about Arthur Battle and, mm-hmm. and I'm mm-hmm. sure there's some others. So just kind right. of talk about that support system and how they got you to where you ended up and with your college career. Right. So yeah, of course, Arthur Battle was the one that kind of like just catapulted me out, you know, of my shell of not holding back. Even through high school, he was still living. He would tell me the real thing, like where I went wrong at and just basically evaluating me, letting me know, hey, if you're going to do it, you got to do it all the time and not taking any plays off. And so I continued to listen to him. And then there was other coaches as well along the way. But for some reason, he just was the plug for me. But everything he said, I just took it to heart. But, you know, after high school, college, my freshman year, he passed away. But even before that, I still used to come home on holidays and summers and just go by and see him and visit him and things like that. So yeah, he was, you know, one that I really felt that had a really major impact on me as far as a mentor is concerned athletically, as well as professionally and from a family standpoint. So he was one, but there was many more mentors in my life that I looked into. Of course, my cousins that played Tyson, he played at Davis Hills, Johnson, UAB. And so I would always go to his games on Saturdays too, and just keep my eye on him. Every step he made, I kept my eye on him just to see what he did. You know, he used to get me gear, like when he was at UAB, he was when I was at Johnson. So I would come back to Johnson with like UAB gear, all the Nike stuff, everybody like, hi, I get all that stuff and they're just like it motivated me to get to that next level because you know my cousin did it so I can do it I want to keep the tradition going and so like and then of course I had other cousins that played basketball Jamal he played played college ball at UAH so it was just in our family to 
to be good at what you do and not be mediocre. So those are some people that I can think of that come to mind right now. Yeah. And that's critical, the support system. I know I had a huge support system as well. And since we're coming from the same background, we had that big support system. And kind of moving on to, you you talked about early on, you felt like football was your niche, right? That was your sport. That was your passion. And so you probably got labeled like Carlton is really good at football. So he's that football player. And so you matriculated to middle school high school, college, and then you graduate from Mississippi State and then you graduate from AM. But when did that change from, from Carlton, the football player, to Carlton in the role you are today? Can you speak on that? Absolutely. That's a great point, T. And right before I touch on that, I want to go back and give a shout out to my parents because they were at Mr. Every, and Mrs. Rice. They was at every single game. Today. They never missed a game. I'm talking about from middle school to high school, no matter where the game was played mm-hmm. at. Like Mississippi State, we had a game in Oregon, right? <laughs> Eugene, Oregon. They right there. As soon as we pull up, they there. So yeah, yeah. I want to give a shout out to them. When you talk about support system, my parents made it happen no matter where, still to today. So I want to make sure I give them a shout out. The question that you asked me is very profound because the space that I'm working in right now uh, with student athletes. I was a football player all my life, middle school, high school, college, and m right? So after my last game, we start training for pro day, right? Where the NFL scouts come and you basically work out for the scout. And so mentally, I felt if the stars lined up properly that, you know, I may have gotten a shot, but at the same time, if it didn't, I felt I was okay. Mm-hmm. I was okay if my athletic career continued or if it didn't. Of course, we all got dreams and goals and aspirations to make right. it to the league, but I was in a place that I was like, if it doesn't happen, I'm ready for the next phase of my life. So we had pro day. We didn't train for months after the season was over with. Did everything we know to do to make sure that we have a good production, a good show in front of scouts. So we did. Everything went fine. And at the end of the pro day, the NFL scouts was like, thank you. Wow. That's it. That's, That's it. it. That's <laughs> it. Like it was about, I would say three or four teams there from the NFL. And they was like, thank y'all. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> And that's how it ended. Like, that's how it ended. Just like that. All my life, everything that I worked up to all my life, it ended with a thank you right. from, from the NFL scouts. And so at that point, I was like, that's it. Now it's time for the next phase of my life. And just so it happened that I was ready. There's so many that get to that stage of thank you and they don't know how to respond, right? right. They don't take thank you as that's it. They continue to pursue, continue to pursue so much of their life. Their professional life has wasted chasing something something that had you prepared your life for before then that you'll be ready to make that transition. And so I was just, I was grateful. I was blessed to be able to make that transition pretty smooth. So immediately started seeking jobs and things like that. After I had my master's registered with the career service center and them, and they would send you different stuff and I would apply and I would apply and I go to job fairs and things like that. So I was ready. Just my approach to the next phase of my life was the same approach that I approached football, Mm -hmm. right? I was just as competitive with, trying to find a job like I was trying to be recruited um, as student athletes. So it's imperative that student athletes understand that point. Absolutely. At, at some point, your athletic career is going to stop. At right. some point. And what yeah. you're going to do at that point is the big question. And what people don't know, I don't even know if you know, I started working at, what's that? School, Jackson, Alabama, Red Chiefs. North Jackson. North Jackson. I remember. I, you remember? Okay. Yep. They offered me a job at North Jackson. It was special education. 
and I was a football coach. So that was all the offer I had at the point. So I'm like, I'll take it. But at the same time, it was special education. My field was physical education. So that means I had to go back to school and get the certification for special ed. And I was like, I really don't want to go back to school. So I kept applying. And then opportunity became available in, in South Carolina I applied for. And so I ended up moving to South Carolina and taught PE, coach football, coach basketball, coach wrestling, coach track, <laughs> everything. Like it was everything. And then that next year, the principal was like, what do you think about being a head football coach? I'm like, wait, I'm 22 years old, 23 years old. I don't think I'm ready. I didn't feel comfortable. He knew my background. So he felt I could be an asset to the, the students there. And, and so I was like, I ain't ready yet. And so another year went by, coach did my thing there. And then he called me back the next summer. It was like, I know you said you didn't want to be the head football coach. What do you think about being an athletic director? And I was like, man, you got to be joking, right? Because if you had asked me five years ago what I wanted to be, I would have told you an athletic director, sports administration, because I didn't think I wanted to be on the field, out in the element for the rest of my life, right? right. you know, football, you out in there, all kind of elements. Yeah. And so I was like, I enjoy the sport, but like, I don't know if I want to be out in it like that for my life. That's why I felt like athletic administration was something that I thought I would enjoy. So he asked me what I'm going to ask later. He was like, you have to tell me now. Think about it and let me know. So I called my folks. Can you believe the principal just asked if you want to be able They're like, you better take it, take it, take it. <laughs> So I took it and then the rest is history. I'm still working in athletic administration. So from South Carolina, moved back to Birmingham, where I was at community college as an athletic director, teaching physical education. Did that for eight years and just recently relocated to Florida, Tampa, Florida, University of South Florida, working as an assistant athletic director in student athlete enhancement. So student athlete enhancement basically is student athlete development, helping student athletes figure out their game plan for their life. Okay. So that's the area that I'm working in right now, currently. So Right now, I'm working the dream job. It's a blessing that I'm able to help impact and mold those student-athletes for their life after their sports career is over. Yeah, I mean, that's a heck of a story, Carlton. I mean, just how you matriculated from just on the field to, mm-hmm. I mean, you're still somewhat on the field, but you're more so in the box seats <laughs> as right. athletic director. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. But the one thing I want to hone in on before we end this is the connection piece. You talked about this early on of how your connections, your networking got you to that position to be recruited, to be able to go and attend and play for Mississippi State. So I just want you to talk about that because I think that's super key on that connections because athletes, they got to realize that, yes, they're more than a sport, but not just connections in athletics is important, but connections just in life because I'm sure that could have helped you as well when you went into the next realm of your life past the football fields. Yeah, absolutely. As I look back, all the places I've been, it wasn't because of me. None of the places that I have been to was because of me. It was because of who I know, because of who I was connected to and the relationship that I built along the way. So it's very important to work on yourself, work on building those relationships with people, never burning any bridges because you never know who somebody might be connected to. I know I mentioned that a little bit earlier, but that's so important. Even just from a sportsmanship standpoint, like when you're playing against an opponent, you don't know who could recommend you to another coach that can recommend you to somebody else. So it's always important to build those relationships and really work on your professionalism because you're going to need those connections as you go. So yeah, the opportunity that I had at Mississippi State was because of my relationship that I had at Johnson and some of the people that I knew there. And once I got to Mississippi State, of course, the connections I had back at AM, yeah. right, got me back to AM from AM, 
just applying to different places. And then from there, the connections I had from AM got me back to Birmingham at Lawson right. State. So I made those connections at AM throughout my master's degree, made connections, and that connections got me back to Alabama to Birmingham. And then my Mississippi State connection got me to USF. It's a 360. Because you hear all the time is who you know, but T is actually who knows you. Right. Because you can say, I know him, I know her, but do they know you when it's time? Right. Can they really talk about who you are, what you stand for, what are your values? That's what I mean about working on yourself when you meeting people in those relationships, because you can know as many people as you want, but do they know you when the time matters is really what matters. Absolutely. You know? Hey, Carlton, this has been awesome. This has been a yeah. true blessing. Yeah. Hey, I'm so thankful you accepted the call to be able to be on the Mental Plus podcast. Really appreciate you. And thank you once again completely enjoyed it. Thank you, T. Thank you for having me. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Make sure you catch the next episode. Please subscribe to our podcast on the following platforms. Spotify, Apple, Google. Also, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Mental Pulse. Hi, Coach T again. Please support the sale of my book, Finding Live. The theme of this book is Athletic Identity. This book focuses on the main character, Olivia, where she realizes that she is more than an athlete. Her identity is not in sports. If you have a daughter or son, or if you know of a young kid, this will be a great children's book for them. This book is a great gift for any occasion, birthday, baby shower, Christmas, Easter, or just because. In addition, this is a great book for your child to practice their daily reading. You can find this book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble online, Books A Million online. Just search for Finding Live. Also, you can find it in Decatur, Alabama at Brown Books & More. Lastly, if you are looking for a speaker for your class, team, or organization to discuss identity development or athletic identity, please contact me. Thank you so much for your support in advance. Well, that concludes this episode of The Mental Pulse with your host,